in a nutshell, I didn't plan to have Crave PD or build my own brand, but it happened and I love it so much. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today I am so excited to talk to my friend, Leah Yu. Leah Yu is a beauty influencer known for sharing skincare tips that empower her viewers with knowledge coupled with the experience she gained while working at Korea's largest beauty company, Amori Pacific. She built her credibility by helping hundreds of women achieve clearer and healthier skin by sharing her unconventional acne-fighting tips based on her own skincare journey. She's also the founder of a fast-growing skincare brand, Crave Beauty. So with Leah, we're going to talk about how she started her channel, how she built her company, and her tips for entrepreneurs and creators out there. Hi, Leah. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. Hi, Eileen. This is Leah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be in the show. I'm like super excited to talk to you because we're friends, but actually I don't know that much about your background and your story, so I'd love to learn right. more. Right. So what were you doing before you started your YouTube and your skincare brand Crave? I've done a lot of things, but I guess most mm-hmm. importantly, I did have a full-time job at Amore Pacific. So for those guys who don't know, Amore Pacific is a beauty conglomerate, a really, really big company that owns like 24 to 30 brands, I believe, including Laneige. Mm. Um, Iopet industry and all those big brands that you see nowadays. So I was working in the digital marketing and also e-commerce department. So that was my full-time job. And before then, Mm -hmm. I was studying. I actually graduated with an interior design, architectural design degree (laughs) from college. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah, yeah. So So were you always creative and artsy? I don't know, to be honest. I loved creating growing up, and I always knew that I wanted to become an architect and an interior designer and changing people's lives because I truly believe that your house actually determines your happiness, and it just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just... It's a magical thing to be able to design a human's behavior, and I was always interested in that aspect. Mm, so what made you get the job in beauty and skincare then? I think by the time I was graduating from my design degree, I knew that it was pretty tough for me to become a designer in Korea. The sad reality is that the architects or interior designer doesn't get as valued as it should be. Yeah. So I didn't want to jump into that yet, but at the same time, I was seeing where the world is heading. And at that time, the K-pop was happening all across the world. And I think that focus and the interest naturally shifted to Korean beauty. And it was 2013-ish when K-beauty was starting to bloom in the mm-hmm. state side and also all across the world. Yeah. And I just saw an opportunity in the K-beauty becoming a more bigger thing. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to contribute to that kind of big movement that was happening back then. And I think it was the right choice that led me to where I am right now. I mean, do you ever think back and wonder like, oh, I feel like going back to interior design or architecture? Or are you like happy with where you are now? I'm so happy where I am. And Mm -hmm. I know what I'm currently doing is pretty irrelevant to anything that's related to design because I'm building content and also just you know having my own skincare brand and whatnot 
but I do believe that what I've learned from college, the entire logic behind how to design a certain thing, like the design thinking is so crucial in running a business oh, yeah. in a way that I do believe that design thinking offers a more human-centered approach when coming up with a new product or coming up with a new service. So that really helped me a lot. But by the time I retire, <laughs> I definitely want to build my own house using my degree so I guess in a way I'm still kind of a designer at heart I love that it's so different but it's still in you and it helped the business that you have today so when you got the job for Amori Pacific were you already an expert in k-beauty or did you learn all of the stuff you know now about skincare when you were working there well I was definitely a total noob to be honest mm, okay. uh, back then you learn as you go and to be honest the passion for skincare has definitely built after I quit my job to be honest oh okay a more specific definitely opened a new opportunity and a new possibility to me but I took that to another level by researching like dissecting all the medical journals and all, all the scientific data and researches mm -hmm. out there because I was the one who struggled with really really bad skin for years and years up until like when I was 25 or 6 or even later than that mm -hmm. so I wanted to know what was fundamentally wrong with my skin because yeah. I was doing all of the right things all of the conventional acne regime that acne.org was telling me to do like heaping on benzoyl peroxide but I wasn't seeing any improvement I went to dermatologist mm -hmm. I also didn't see improvement wow. so I think after so many trials and errors like it prompted me to study more and wow. learn more about how my skin actually works oh, so yeah. I guess it's coupled with my personal journey yeah and so did you start your YouTube channel after you quit or were you still working at the time so I started my YouTube channel just before I got a job in the more Pacific, but okay. it didn't actually take off because I was too occupied with my full-time job mm -hmm. and the working hours in Korea is pretty crazy. Yeah. So I didn't get to actually fully commit to my YouTube channel until I quit my job in 2015 mm. summer. Mm -hmm. So it's been, I guess, more than three years. Yeah, and it's amazing. And you're so knowledgeable about skincare on your channel. So all that research started out because you were learning about your skin, right? Yeah, definitely. I see. And then at what point did you start Crave Beauty? Were you planning to start it for a long time before you actually did? Not at all, to be honest, because I never dreamed about the becoming a business owner or an entrepreneur like entrepreneur the word itself was very very foreign to mm -hmm. me because I didn't learn what it was to be honest I wasn't yeah. exposed to what entrepreneurial life was like so after I started focusing more on providing skincare tips and skin respecting tips on my YouTube channel I spent more than like three years of constantly interacting with my viewers and I found that despite all of the abundant information out there abundant product choices out there my followers were so lost about skincare they were so overwhelmed they didn't know how to take good care of it so yeah. for me it didn't make sense because there are so many product choices out there there's so much information that is easily accessible and available online it kind of raised a question inside me and after following that question for a while it was more like a natural decision for me to bring in education as a big integral part of my business. So I definitely view Crave Beauty as more than a company mm -hmm. that sells product. I do believe the core is at its 
education and educating customers. And I saw how thirsty people were for real and honest advice. Mm. And at Crave Beauty, like we want to ultimately create this kind of inclusive platform of community where people can openly share their skin concerns and find unconventional, unbiased advice. In a nutshell, I didn't plan to have Crave Beauty or build my own brand, but it happened and I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, you make it sound so easy. You make it sound like, oh, people were confused about skincare, so I decided to start a skincare line to help them out and teach them about taking care of their skin. I mean, I'm sure a lot of like background work goes into starting a brand. I mean, where does one even start? What were the first steps that you took to like make a product, like a formula and the packaging, everything? I honestly am not the best person to answer that because I'm a huge follower of my gut intuition. And that's why Crave Beauty is named as Crave mm-hmm. Beauty, hence on the pun. Like at the point when I was trying to build my brand, the book that heavily influenced my entire business was of course, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Mm. It's such a classic. Yeah. It's such an influential book that I always revisit whenever I feel lost. Mm. Um, but I think defining the whole purpose of why you do what you do is far more important than the product formula or mm. the team or what it looks like on the market or on the shelf. So from the very beginning, I knew that with Crave Beauty, I wanted to build a skincare brand for people who are overwhelmed and who are lost with skincare. Mm-hmm. I wanted to grab their mm-hmm. hand and take them on a skincare journey and like figure things out together and like any caring friend should do. So that's where I started. And then I started kind of drafting the voice of the brand and the whole branding aspect. And then the product formulation came a little bit later. Wow, that's amazing. And it sounds so natural to start with why. And I think people do get caught up in the how. So true. Yeah. The philosophy of the brand. Can you like Mm -hmm. reiterate what your why for Crave Beauty is? Yeah, Crave Beauty is here to change the paradigm of the beauty industry by pressing reset on people's skincare routine and also the very complicated beauty industry. And consumers are Mm -hmm. more overwhelmed and stressed about skincare than ever because many brands prioritize products that will sell, which ended up carelessly training our customers to apply more than what their actually skin needs. Mm. So we wanted to break what conventional skincare routine means to each individual because it'll look so much different and offer essential products that work with the skin not against it so at the end of the day we just want to guide people and introduce skincare or reintroduce skincare in their life saying that skincare should be easy and it should be stress-free it's not something that you should stress so much about it's not a (laughs) math problem that you should solve and you know yeah, I love that. It's interesting that you're Korean from Korea and it, this is like the opposite of the 10-step Korean beauty skincare mm-hmm. routine, you know, or like the 15-step t- or there's just so many products out there. I mean, personally, I do like layering mm-hmm. skincare, but it is overwhelming. So I'm curious, like what percentage of your audience or your, I guess your customers are like Korean versus like outside of Korea? Crave Beauty operates both in South Korea and also United Mm -hmm. States. So we have two country as a market at the moment. We actually have higher sales in the U.S. just because I Mm -hmm. believe that majority of my viewers are actually from the States. 
for my yeah. on my YouTube channel. So I guess that naturally translated into the brand's followers or the brand's customers. Okay. But yeah, you're very correct that we're definitely pretty different from the maximalist approach of K-beauty. And mm-hmm. we wouldn't say that, okay, we're minimalist because we don't really care about how many steps someone has in their skincare routine as long as everything that they're using serves a purpose and also sparks joy and you know like yeah (laughs) meets their skin's needs so it's more about the intention and about the purpose of the products that they're using and that Mm -hmm. people know what products they're using because a lot of times people just apply toner essence serum because they're taught to do so they feel like they're forced to apply those all these kind of categorized steps which were Mm -hmm. created by brands to sell more products Mm -hmm. so if that toner sparks joy and if that toner solves your dehydration like totally go for it but I do believe that everyone can benefit from using a three-step routine which is a cleanser moisturizer and a sunscreen to protect Mm -hmm. your skin and that anything else that has like retinol or vitamin C or like these kind of boosting products these are like supplements so it's categorized under our supplement series because everything else should be more like it's not a necessity and I guess that's an important message that we want to also embody and also convey in our products that Mm -hmm. skincare and these kind of booster products is not going to be a necessity once they replenish what your skin lacks or once they kind of rebalance your skin to what it's supposed to do you can actually graduate from the serum that you're using oh i've never heard of it like that use (laughs) the serum or the supplement until your skin doesn't need it anymore because yeah i guess i'm not as educated as as you are (laughs) in that but that it's very interesting to hear and by the way i just have to say like my favorite sunscreen is the crave beauty one and also the i use the cleanser which i love it's so hydrating thank you so much i know (laughs) and i talk about your products to like my family and everyone so they know i am so honored thank you so much (laughs) also i saw your new product great barrier reef and you sold out after recently launching right great barrier relief which was (laughs) sorry sorry. which was inspired by great barrier Barrier relief (laughs) it's because i'm going to australia soon so i'm it's on my mind oh my god oh no totally (laughs) yeah so we are super flattered i do believe that great barrier relief is something that people need nowadays more than ever because it is a skin soothing serum that restores your damaged skin barrier you know it's a nourishing formula that offers like your irritated skin a total ultimate reset button Mm -hmm. and it was actually formulated to press reset on the instant gratification culture that I was seeing in the world or the realm of skincare because we find satisfaction in seeing immediate results from Mm -hmm. everywhere in life And that translated into skincare as well. And this promotes conventional products to try to become more effective. And this creates harsher formulas, which can Uh. further inflame and sensitize your skin. And as a result, I think we find ourselves reaching for even more products to fix that kind of reaction. Mm -hmm. So it's more like a vicious cycle. So I wanted to press reset on that instant gratification culture with great barrier relief. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is a random question that just popped into my head and you might have talked about this on your channel but like when you're using a product is there a time where your skin gets too used to that product that it stops working and like should you be switching out different products every few months or like how does that work? That is actually a pretty interesting question but no not really. So your skin can 
not really detect what kind of product you're using to be honest because your skin doesn't have the receptor mm -hmm. to be able to identify like you're applying this Crave Beauty Matcha Hemp Hydrogen Cleanser versus another cleanser. If the product that you mm -hmm. have been using for a long time doesn't seem to work, if it does contain active ingredients such as retinol or niacinamide, vitamin C, arbutin or those kind of fancy ingredients, it might be because your skin actually got to a point where it's already improved so you don't feel like, not feel like the product anymore, is right yeah the product uh. is not working anymore or if it doesn't have these kind of active ingredients what might have happened is that the formula itself might be sitting in your shelf or your vanity for a long time so the efficacy of the product has been compromised so it has been oxidized or mm, it has okay. been affected by the air exposure the sun exposure and the temperature that you store your skincare actually matters so those kind of elements could affect the formula in a long term. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I'm curious, are you really good at discarding your skincare products when they're expired? How, how do you declutter? Do you just throw them away? What, how do you deal with this? Oh Makeup my God. included. Because I never know when's a good time to like, I know they say you should keep it for a year, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to let go of it. <laughs> like, what do you think? How do you declutter? With makeup, I'm pretty bad at letting things go too, because it is more like in a matte waterless powder form but once mm -hmm. a formula that has water such as foundation yeah. or a makeup primer or sunscreen it's easier to go bad than a powder format so I would definitely declutter once the expiry date has been over okay. but with the skincare I try to not open a lot of products <laughs> even though I yeah. do get sent a lot of different products at once and a part of my biggest job is to try out so many different products, but yeah. I can declutter skincare products more easily because I, I know. know how bad it can get. And once the product is open, the formula itself is already compromised or it is degrading mm. in a way. So if you have kept it for over a year, I wouldn't be able yeah. to put that on my face anymore. <laughs> Ah, okay. So you do declutter after it expires. Mm -hmm. And then, well, sometimes if you have an unopened product, but you like, doesn't it also mm -hmm. expire if even if it's unopened? Yeah, so it, it definitely does expire even though the product remains sealed. So normally a lot of products will have expiry dates stating that 12 months after opening or 36 months when remains sealed. Oh, okay. So it's usually yeah, three years sealed. Yeah, but I think it, it also depends on where it's manufactured, what kind of manufacturer it was made out of. So right. it'll depend. I know. Sorry. I'm just asking these personally because I have so many skincare products too. I try to mm -hmm. give them away to like family and friends, but like I think you understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> what will you do for your dreams in 2019? Introducing the Artist of Life Workbook and Daily Planner by Lavendaire, tools to help you create your best year in 2019. If you love journaling, self-discovery, creativity, and productivity, these are perfect for you. Filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises, the 2019 Artist of Life Workbook walks you through reflecting on your past year, setting goals and intentions for the new year, discovering yourself, staying committed to your goals, and tracking your progress monthly. The Daily Planner by Lavendaire is a tool to help you design a productive, effective, and meaningful day. The Artist of Life Workbook helps you plan a macro view of your life, while the Daily Planner helps you plan the micro. Together, these tools will help you build your dream life one page at a 
time. They're seriously life-changing and they make great gifts too. Go to shop.lavendaire.com to check them out. Sending you so much light. Okay, let's talk about Crave Beauty again. I'm curious, how did you grow your brand? And do you have advice for other entrepreneurs listening on like how they could market a new brand? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. It can probably tie back to the biggest advice that I got from my mentor is that be unapologetically yourself because when I was crafting the brand's voice, I thought it had to be in a certain way. So even though it didn't feel the most natural to me, I pursued a specific tone of voice we often Mm -hmm. see from brands that are already flying and that are already successful. But then I felt like Mm. I was trying to dress Crave Beauty with someone else's clothes. So I found myself, who's a founder, trying to hide behind the brand. So at that moment, my mentor reminded me that what separates Crave Beauty from other brands is my unique voice, and you shouldn't be shameful of that. And that's what people want to hear, and that's what makes Crave Beauty way more interesting so having a unique voice and also being unapologetically yourself is going to be so so crucial because Mm -hmm. now the market is so saturated so how do you stand out like you will never stand out if you are copying another brand's voice or a style of the branding so people have resonated with crave beauty so much because we offer a very unique voice like we are that true caring friend that no one actually felt from Mm -hmm. a skincare brand we are probably one of the only few skincare brands saying that you shouldn't probably cleanse too much while having a cleanser to sell so oh yeah 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 you're honest and you're real and especially I think because you have a YouTube channel people see you as the face and it makes it more personable like a real human being Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I I definitely think so too. So I guess being honest and being yourself is probably the number one advice that I can give people. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So let's talk about your life because you are both a creator and entrepreneur. It seems so busy. So how do you balance your projects and split your time? Oh, that's where I'm struggling the most. (laughs) That's okay. So if anyone has answers, please email me. But it is well. What does your week look like? What? How much time do you spend on each thing? It's so hard because I operate both my Korea team and New York team, which keeps me up really early in the morning to talk to either my Korea team or New York team. Stay up really late to be able to talk to the manufacturers or whatnot, giving the time difference. Mm. So I guess that kind of messes up my schedule. But I would say I generally take one day, like my Sunday off out of the entire week. And then the rest of the week is spent working from I don't know 6 a.m 7 a.m till the very night wow and if you're waking up that early yeah it's like all day working yeah so I don't really have a balance but Mm. I I guess the advantage that I have compared to other people is that I truly enjoy what I do so it doesn't as corny and as cliche as it sounds I truly enjoy working I listened to Panera Bread's founder's interview on how I built this and I really really love the quote that he said that he really Mm -hmm. loves the doing of the work and he really loves just figuring things out and he just really enjoys the process and I think that is so true even though I don't really see results or I don't really get paid from Crave Beauty I just 
love the doing of the business and love the doing of building something could potentially impact the whole industry. And I think that in turn motivates me to work harder and it just doesn't feel like I'm working too hard because I know that I have a greater purpose and this is just the process of fulfilling that dream. Wow. Out of everything that you do on the YouTube side or Crave Beauty side, what is the thing that gets you like the most excited? Oh, I think talking to my subscribers and talking to Aww. the followers on Crave Beauty. I guess with my YouTube mm -hmm. channel, nothing makes me more happier than receiving a message or an email saying that how my tips or how my videos help their skin like 180 degrees. And like having a good skin or having a healthy skin not only influences your whole confidence but it can really truly change your life because yeah. the way you feel about yourself matters in how you act and what kind of energy you really spread out to the world so I I'm getting really emotional right now um, oh. but I do feel like that's the most enjoyable part of what I'm doing from my YouTube side mm -hmm. and also from my business side. Yeah. With all that you have on your plate, how do you prioritize? Like, do you have a system of like what to focus on and getting things done? Mm -hmm. So before I go to bed, I list out everything that I need to accomplish or I list out every problems that I need to run to to the next day Okay. because Peach and Lily founder Alicia Yoon, she has been a really great help in mentoring me with the business side and her number one advice was run to the problem and confront the problem no matter what Ooh. and as scary as it sounds, you will feel a lot better and you, as a true entrepreneur, you will enjoy the process of solving the problems such as just like you're playing a game so mm -hmm. I list out all the problems I need to solve all the tasks I need to accomplish in the following day and then I use the morning where my cognitive brain function is the highest to knock out everything that requires more brain power and then more mundane mm -hmm. tasks like video editing and all that I schedule that into later <laughs> part of the day where I'm more tired <laughs> or yeah. mentally drained and those are the things that I can do easily on an autopilot mode so I guess prioritizing tasks has been a really life changer in my whole workflow mm -hmm. I just want to repeat that that's such a good tip like run to your problems mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur because most people they avoid the problems for so long I mean I know I have sometimes <laughs> and it's just like when things just blow up and everything goes wrong you're like no completely yeah I mean and things always go wrong yeah things will always go wrong and it's okay because mm -hmm. you only learn as you go and by solving these problems and I do believe that everything happens for a reason in life and in business and those kind of problems and those kind of obstacles arise and come into your way to really build your muscles and make you a stronger person and I guess mm -hmm. as a CEO I'm just more learning that leader is actually just a problem solver and yeah. it's not about managing the team day-to-day -day, like with their task what they need to do is actually about eliminating and alleviating the problems that each employee has so that they can do the mm -hmm. best in their current role wow. so I love talking to my employees and asking about what kind of problems that they're facing if they bring up a problem I kind of work around how to solve that problem and remove that problem from one employee so that she or he feels more motivated to do her job with a much sharper focus and concentration. Wow. So I definitely have become a firm believer in that CEO is actually 
a really, it has to be a really great problem solver. I agree for sure. What is one thing that you wish you knew when you started your business? Just do it or start before you're ready. And I love watching Tom Bilyeu's Impact Theory on YouTube and his podcast is amazing as well. And he one time said that flawed diamond is always going to be better than a flawless pebble. <laughs> and I truly believe that in the sense that you will never ever feel like you're 100% ready to launch a product or launch a service or even launch a video or put a video out there. And I feel like a lot of times people are too afraid to take actions and there are so many thoughts going on in your brain and the more you sit on the certain thought, there there's only going to be more self-doubt or more obstacles and what kind of interferes for you to take that action. So I truly believe that even though you're not 100% ready, with the market's feedback, with the audience and with the followers' feedback, you can grow together and you can refine and fine-tune your product, your service, and your content as you go. And I think that has been something that I wish I knew way earlier, but... <laughs> no, that's great. Okay because yeah. I knew, I know now. But it's something... Yeah, it's it's definitely a really, really valuable piece of advice that I got. For sure. And I'm curious, where do you see you take your career in the next few years? Do you have an answer to this, Eileen? I'm just personally really me? curious. Yeah. For me, in the next few years, I, I just have a few things that I want to do, like write a book and then mm, mm. kind of like grow out my business with more products. And aside from that, I don't mm -hmm. know. I think I just want to like grow the business and then see where it goes because I don't have like like I used to care about accolades and like awards and I don't think I care about that anymore it's just about mm. like like I love my life and I just want to like mm -hmm. keep sustaining it but also like be able to live abundantly and travel more mm -mm. yeah what about you this is such a hard question it for is someone who practices on how to become more present <laughs> in mm. the present moment okay. um so I thought that I should have like five years plan or 10 years plan. But at the end of the day, like as you live your current life with clear intention, it will take you to somewhere that is unexpected that you mm -hmm. might have never thought of at the current moment. And yeah. I truly believe in surrendering to the universe and what universe has in store with your life. <laughs> and I love working with the universe and I do love listening to what my gut feeling tells me, what my intuition tells me. And by truly listening to that little voice inside me and how my body feels, it will take me to somewhere that I've never could have imagined, I guess. I know this is a crappy answer. <laughs> no, I, I actually really love that answer because most people, they do have like a clear cut idea, but you're more like... I'm going to trust the universe to take me wherever it's going to take me and I'm going to follow my intuition, which I think is always the right way to yeah. do it. You'll never be let down if you follow your intuition. Like you'll always end up somewhere amazing. Mm -hmm. I think so because even just looking back, from five years ago, from 10 years ago, I didn't plan to be a content creator. <laughs> I didn't plan I to have a business or have a skincare brand. So I guess yeah. by living living to your fullest potential at the moment and living with the full intention or living with the clearest intention, it will take you to greater places that you could have never imagined. I love that. And are a lot of your like family members or friends surprised at what you're doing now? Yeah. 
I, I think so, especially growing up <laughs> in Korea. There's so many mm-hmm. conventional pathway that the society pushes you to follow. You need to go, go into Samsung or LG, these kind of big corporates to become successful. So I guess the definition of success looks very conventional or very different from what other people might define success in the United States. My friends in Korea are definitely surprised by the fact that I can make a living out of creating videos mm-hmm. on YouTube. And now I'm full force running a business, which is awesome. So I guess... Yeah, they are surprised. I mean, all the power to you. It's like so awesome what you're doing. Thank you so much. Okay, now I'm going to move on to some Facebook questions that we got from our Lavender community. Mm -hmm. The first question is from Liana. She asks, what has been the hardest part of launching a business in the beauty industry thus far? Wow. Like, was there like a big obstacle? I guess the hardest part of trying to change the whole paradigm of the industry is... Mm. By itself the hardest part because we're trying to tell people to apply less and apply things more intentionally where the rest of the market mm-hmm. tells you to apply oh, more yeah. carelessly to sell more products and I think shifting that paradigm is not an easy task and that itself is a mm-hmm. is, <laughs> is the hardest obstacle but since it is a problem that I enjoy solving I think that also motivates us to work harder if that makes sense i love that and then she also has another question for someone with little background in the science of the beauty industry and wanting to break into it where would they start i would definitely try to identify the gap in the market because if you are just trying to launch a product or launch a brand just because you've heard like k-beauty brands can make money or like making skincare has higher margin than selling clothes online just if you're trying to launch a product for the sake of launching a product you will definitely 100% fail but if you do have a bigger purpose on why you need to be in the skincare industry and if you have a voice that you can actually make an impact in the industry and you have that stronger why motivating you I think that should be defined first thing and then secondly I would definitely reach out to hiring more research assistants so we have a really good team of research assistants um, with biologists chemists and also dermatology students and they are if you are not the professional and the expert in the industry of course you need to go out of your way to learn and research if you're not the expert or the professional in the industry, you should definitely go out of your way to, of course, learn everything as much as you can, but also utilize the expertise from the experts that are currently in the industry. So I would talk to biologists, chemists, and dermatologists as Mm -hmm. much as possible. And I think thirdly, identify what kind of problem the beauty industry has, or what are the unmet needs that customers have in the beauty industry. So I think Following those three steps would definitely, I don't know, make you a kick-ass founder. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Leah. (laughs) No, not like me, but yeah. Awesome. Okay, the last question from Facebook is from Charmaine. What is your favorite Crave Beauty product out of all the ones you created? This is really, really hard. (laughs) But I would have to say it's Great Barrier Relief, not not because it's a new product I'm here to promote or anything, but... I actually took this formula from my aunt's cream. So my aunt is a holistic medicine practitioner. She practices Chinese acupuncture and she has been practicing for 20 years. Mm. 
and she on this side she have developed her own skincare range just using medicinal herbs and also natural ingredients botanical oils and she was someone who introduced me to all of the ingredients that I currently use mm -hmm. for great barrier relief and I think I just have this kind of responsibility to present this formula to the market and again climbing back to the whole philosophy of pressing reset on someone's skincare routine and also on the instant gratification culture I think the whole intention of Great Barrier Relief just aligns perfectly with what our brand stands for. Amazing. All right, now it's time for the rapid fire questions that I ask everyone at the end of the show. Are you ready? No, I'm not. <laughs> we'll do it anyway. Okay. What does your dream life look like? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I guess I do feel like I'm on the right path of living my dream life and it is really fulfilling to share what I've learned and whenever I see how my videos change someone's skin and her or his confidence, nothing makes me happier than that again. But a more self-centered dream that I have is designing my own house. Oh, where would you want to settle down? I think New Zealand. <gasps> Wow. No, this is after retirement, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know where I should settle down. I currently love living in Seoul and also New York. You're everywhere. Yeah, I love the busyness <laughs> of the city. It just keeps me on my toe. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? Start with why Simon Sinek and awesome. your videos and... <laughs> Stop it. And... <laughs> And Marie Forleo's videos about how to build a business and also the NPR's podcast, How I Built This. Ooh, I love both of those, Marie and NPR. So good. Yeah. yeah. What is one habit that has changed your life? I would say up until last year, it was waking up early. But this year, I'm practicing a new life-changing habit <laughs> or an activity is to take a step back from the busiest and the most hectic and the most chaotic mm -hmm. moments throughout the day and really reevaluate where I'm at and what I'm doing and where this is all going and why I'm doing this because I think oftentimes we get too caught up in the busyness of doing so we often forget why I'm even doing this yeah. and you become so numb about the work that you're doing and you just work on that autopilot mode which can be very very toxic mm -hmm. at the end so I think that's something that I'm working constantly yeah, that's a good reminder because sometimes I get caught up in the doing too. I think I want to reevaluate mm -hmm. my why soon too because things have changed, you know? And do you feel like your why will always stay the same or does it change? I think it's still the same, like helping others. And it's not self-centered when it comes to defining the purpose, right? Mm -hmm. You are serving others and, you know, mm -hmm. making others people's lives better. And I guess that purpose never changed for me. Yeah. Okay, so what is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Be prepared to be unprepared while having a business because there are so many other factors that is totally out of your control and things will happen. And it is meant to happen to teach you a lesson that you definitely should know. So instead of having that kind of victim mentality of, oh, why is this happening to me? Um, just really enjoy what universe has presented you, even though it might be really, really tough to think so positively at the moment. 
But I guess that's the most fundamental thing that really pushed me in a daily basis to become prepared to be unprepared. Yeah. Every day is like a mystery what's going to happen and <laughs> how to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, last one is finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is that everything happens for a reason. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Leah. Where can our listeners find you online? Oh, so you can type Leah Yu, L I H Y double O on YouTube and on Instagram. And if you're interested in learning more about Crave Beauty, which starts with a K, that is K R A V E Beauty, we have a website, cravebeauty.com. And also on Instagram, we are Crave Beauty. Awesome. And I'll post all the links in the show notes. You guys have to check out Leah's channel and Crave Beauty. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Eileen. I love you so much. And oh I really, really, really love what you're building here. You're so and sweet. And the community that you have built is so wonderful and so inclusive. And I really admire that. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. <laughs> Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, I hope you like that conversation with Leah Yu. What I love about her is she is so amazing. She works so hard. She does so much. And yet she's like super humble. And on top of that, she's so connected to her why. She's so connected with her intuition and being present. So she just is like flowing with life. She's flowing with the universe and she trusts the universe. And I think that is so important. And I love her story that it was very unpredictable how she studied interior design and then ended up working in beauty and becoming a founder of a skincare brand. Like it is just, it's just so cool to see where she ended up. So a few points that I do want to reiterate from our conversation. Number one is you have to enjoy the doing of creating or being an entrepreneur. You have to enjoy like taking the action. And I think because she genuinely enjoys the doing and the process, that is how she's able to be so productive because she genuinely loves her job. Another piece of advice that I really liked because it was so different and not something you hear every day is to run to your problem. So as an entrepreneur, you're basically a problem solver. And even in life, you know, we tend to avoid problems sometimes or we tend to like sweep it under the rug, try to avoid it, hide it as long as we can before we like confront it. But if you're able to start running towards your problems, then you're empowering yourself to take on those challenges and fix them before they get even worse. You know, it's all about solving problems, figuring things out and not being afraid of doing that, not being afraid of not having all the answers, but just doing your best at that moment. This also ties into the quote that she says, be prepared to be unprepared because that is the life of an entrepreneur. There's so many things that you won't be prepared for, that you aren't knowledgeable about, that you won't know how to handle, but somehow, some way you're going to have to handle it and you're going to have to figure it out whether you're going to have to learn how to fix it or you're going to find someone to help you fix it or just find a creative solution to the problem in front of you. So I hope that after hearing this conversation, you realize that entrepreneurs are just regular people. They don't have all the answers. They don't have superpowers. They just are more willing to figure it out, to face their problems and solve them. I think that is a lot of what it is. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Love you so much and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. 
All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com/shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at lavender where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.